I'm going to edit that to make it sound so smooth. <laughs> Actually, I won't now that I've mentioned it. Hey, would you shut up? We're trying to do a goddamn show here. Whammo, tis I, the prince of podcasting, the bipolar rock and roller, the sultan of sadness, the godfather of gash, the genetic jackhammer. Here, episode 167 of Pillow Fort Radio, joined as always by the Richard Spencer of Regenerative Farming. (laughs) Of course, everybody knows this is the number one white nationalist podcast in the world. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the number one white nationalist, period. Anarcho... Anarcho uh, white nationalist. Anarcho white nationalist, <laughs> which is sort of paradoxical or oxymoronical or something. Anyway, it's John Morgan, and he's here. He's queer. Get used to it. Getting ready to put a chew in. How do? Just bought me a wood stove. Just bought him a fucking wood stove. Woo! I got I got plenty of, I got a big pile of wood out there if you want it for Kimley. I got um I got a I got so much mulch and shit in my truck that's been sitting there so long there's grass growing in the bed of my truck. <laughs> there's a hammer back there, there's some wires, there's some pig feed. It's gotten wet. I don't care. Fuck it. I'm feeding it to him anyway. Yeah, they'll be fine. It'll just it's fermented. Add to the taste. It's fermented. It actually helps they can, they can they can get a little bit drunk. More easily digested. Yeah. Anyway, Chuck is not here today. He passed away earlier. Piece of shit. Piece of fucking shit. Well, he didn't actually pass away, but he is dead to us. Who? Who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. He's, he's, he got ethered. Thanos made that motherfucker disappear. <laughs> I take um, This week we're going to do the Umbridge Taker without him. I know what we're taking Umbridge to oh, this week. Oh, yeah, you motherfucker. Anyway, um, what you heard as we were coming in were goddamn British people singing, uh, hey, Trump, we want to know why you're such a cunt. And that's, you know, I love the British people for stuff like that. They're so they're allowed to clever. Say, they're allowed to say the word cunt. And cunt is unisex. And there. we're not. Well, I mean, we say it plenty. But it's like, it's like at least four times heavier in the United oh, States. Oh, yeah, it, does, it carries a little bit of weight over here. Yeah, it's like you, you get in trouble for saying it was over there. It's like, oh, yeah. It's if you like, called a girl a cunt in the 90s here, it's loosened up a little bit. But if you called a, like, if I called my teacher a cunt one time, and I was, like, suspended from school. I was like, what the, f-? it's just a word. But yeah. if, if you called somebody a It's not just a word in the United States today, no. unfortunately. No, it is, but. It, yeah, obviously, in reality, it is, but not in the, uh. There's the collective consciousness. There's only a couple more words that carry more weight than cunt. What are they? Well, one of them starts with an N. Yeah. Yeah, that one's heavier than that one's a little heavier. Nigeria. Than it's uh there's a lot going on in that country. Niger. <laughs> Niger, yeah. Niger. Um yeah, the the N word is a is a pretty pretty big one. It carries a lot of weight nowadays. I yeah. mean, the goddamn CEO of Papa John's got fired or had to step down because he said it with a hard R in like a business conference call or something. 
And he used it in context. He wasn't calling someone, but still. He just used the word in as a reference. Yeah, he said uh, that Colonel Sanders ca- called black people niggers all the time, and people still loved him, and all he did was well, support Trump. That, yeah, that's that's a, if you can't even use the word to talk about the word, that that's a sign that free speech is dead. Yeah. But, I mean... Read the room, maybe a little bit. Comedians can do it. Well, I'm not saying it, I'm it. not saying it was <laughs> smart on his part. I'm just saying, yeah, it's ridiculous that we can't even use the word to talk about <coughs> the word. Yeah, the, nigger. I said it. I'm so uncomfortable right now. You just said nigger. Yeah, the dogs are uncomfortable too. <laughs> no, they're just old. They just shit themselves like that all the time. All the time. Nigger, nigger, well, nigger. Well, it's probably because they're black. Have you ever thought about that, John? Mackie's black. He's the only black one. Well, Baxter's black and brown. And Bub's over here. He's Puerto Rican. What is he, chop liver? They get called that word, too. I think he's German, actually. He does, yeah, yeah. He's half German. There's definitely a little bit of German Shepherd in him. And he's he and he he definitely and a little bit of bull weevil. He definitely. And this is actually true. Okay, so he's half German Shepherd. <laughs> this is a funny story. And the only real problems I think you know he's eaten a couple animals he shouldn't have eaten. On the farm, but he was reprimanded. He hasn't done that since. Did he complain that they weren't knockworst? But of, but he likes to play with the animals because he's bored. And and um, so I had a bunch of sheep born, and these sheep are like Jacob's sheep, and they're like, um, well, as adults, they're like brown and white, all mixed colors. Some of them are more brown than white. Some of them are more white than brown. But this lamb that I had was, when they're born... Oh, God. Sorry. When they're born... Um, the brown is black, and this lamb I had was almost all black. It was the only lamb that was, you know, like he, like she stood out. She was like, you know, mostly black, and that's the one that Bub chose to uh, start picking on, <laughs> just to start picking on. You say they're Jacob sheep, and yeah, that's hilarious. Jacob sheep, it's, it's, sort of it's like relative. It's related to the Bible. They're like one of the oldest breeds of sheep, sort of like Jacob Dylan, <laughs> like Jacob from the Bible. Jacob Dylan. Yes, same Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. Get into it. Start swaying back and forth. Move them shoulders. Thrust them hips. We're taking a trip down memory lane. Oh, he's doing the stanky leg. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and then another instance of racism on my farm that I've witnessed is that I had I've had all kinds of sheep and, and baby goats born, but consistently the only like if a if a if a goat or or you has a baby has twins or triplets, in my experience the one that they reject is always the black one. I had a lamb born a different lamb born that was a a, a twin, and and uh, she was solid black, and the mother tried to reject her. And then another case I had a goat that was born that was brown that was solid brown. And the and the mother was solid white, and the other sibling was solid white, and the two white, the white mother and the white uh, twin sibling, like tried to reject the brown baby goat. That sounds like a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I don't have the soundboard. I I'm not making search for that. <laughs> I'm not making any judgments. All all I'm doing is. Telling you what I observed in well, it sounds like you got uh, in a in a construct of falsified nature that is my farm of domesticated animals. 
Sounds like you got a uh, situation. Race, of racist racism. goats. Yeah, racist goats. Racist sheep. Do, do their horns grow straight up and touch in the middle like, uh, like and, a, and a KKK raci- hood? And a racist dog. Well, I don't know if he's racist, but he's definitely prejudiced. He has biases, which I think we all have internal biases. But I mean, I guess, yeah. It could be just uh, he's projecting. He's Yeah, it could be. But I mean, it could just be not necessarily that the animal is black, but just that the other animals are... Not that. <laughs> yeah, if they were all black, he would... I don't know. I don't he, know. It, he's always been nice to me, but I'm white, so... He likes people. Yeah, he, I'm the I, genetic I, jackhammer. He I knows he don't want these hands. I don't think he's ever met a black person, though, so... Well, we're really not going to be around here, because we've passed ordinances on this hill. Hmm. I voted against them. They're not allowed in Beckwith or Charlton Heights, <laughs> apparently. Because I don't see them. That used to be the thing up here, actually, in the 20s and 30s and shit. And in Golly Bridge, too. That's insane. It's still true, somewhat. I mean, they're allowed to live there, but there's usually only one family at a time, uh, maybe one black family at a time that will live in Golly Bridge, and they don't usually stay there very long. Not because people, like, are evil to them or anything that I think, but it's just it's just a thing. This is not really a... I mean... There's no other black people you there. You do kind of want to be around your own... Yeah. I mean, I lived. I lived in Rand for about for about uh, eleven months or so. I didn't mind that I was the only, you know, white guy on the street or whatever. But you weren't getting a lot of invites to barbecues. Were yeah, you? it was. You know, it was. It was a little. You know, I definitely noticed that there was. I was different. Ah, uh, oh Jesus! Uh. What are you drinking there? It's a Monster Energy drink. You should, you should get paid for that shit. I should. I should start hawking it and seeing if yeah, um, we should start sponsorship. Do, I mean, yeah, or like just like doing little soundbite advertisements and seeing people. Monster energy drink for when you want enough energy to do a podcast, but not much else. Monster energy when you, drink when you want to when you want to not feel like total shit anymore, and you're willing to do anything. Monster energy drink. I, I think I should be a voiceover. Monster. Artist. Monster energy Monster. drink. I could do uh I could do Sam Elliott Monster Energy Drink. <clears throat> the one thing that American people can't <laughs> tolerate is a mouthful of cock. After a long hard day in the fields, nothing better than a nice zero calorie monster energy drink to bring me back to life so I can lay pipe with the old lady. Ah oh, crap bigger than you. <laughs> Is that Jack Palance? It's it's a line from one of his characters from some movie. I don't remember what it is, but he did say that in one of his roles. I crap bigger than you. Bigger than B-I-G-G-E-R. Bigger apostrophe in. Yes. Wonderful. That's the right spelling. Anyway, uh, our esteemed leader, my favorite president of all time, not for policy reasons, but for comedic reasons, has been over there just force gumping around in England, and it's been fantastic. I like it. I think it's great. People are mad that he like he was like all uncouth with the queen, and I'm like, fuck her. She can suck a bag of dicks, take her false teeth out, it'd probably be great. Yeah, uh, like, like they say, he didn't bow. Why would he, why would the president of the most powerful nation in the world bow to some old broad of to a, hat? a false monarch? <laughs> fuck her. Doesn't even have fuck any, her and a whole. Doesn't crew. even have any power. It's just you a, know what? It's a figurehead. If the queen and her whole crew wants to come over here with their knitting needles and their fucking uh, corgis. We can throw down. 1776 will we'll commence, commence again. again. <laughs> Pierce, let me ask you something. You think you can take me in a fight, Pierce? 
Yeah. We'll put on the gloves right now. I'll bring, I'll bring in a, a boxing ring next time I'm here, and we can throw down. We can do this. I'll give you that smoke. <laughs> but I don't really want to fight you or anything. I mean, I just... I gotta say, your Sunday. Pierce Morgan impression is spot on. Are you guys related? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> but all the Morgans do kind of talk the same way. It's something that I've noticed. We have certain similar ways that we say things. Are you a descendant of Morgan Morgan? No. The first settler here? I, in, uh, I don't believe, no, because the, the Morgans I came from were from like, were like, started in like Nova Scotia or some shit, and then they kind of were, like moved down to Pennsylvania eventually, and they, there was some time in New York, I think, but they were Yankees. And Morgans were Yankees and then moved to West Virginia just like a generation ago. Oh, so you're new, new money here. But uh, but the Morgan, the the other side of that family, my the grandmother's side of that family, were Beaver was her last name. But they, she was actually related to the um, people that, uh, what's that spice company, McCormick. Oh, word. She was actually related to the, should have been an heir, a partial heir to the McCormick fortune, but she was cut out of the family because she was her her mother died when she was very young or whatever, so she didn't get no money from that. But they came from like, you know, money, and, and her father was like a, a foreman in a factory. They're like the Hearsts of the Spice World. Spice yeah. World, also a great movie by the Spice My Girls. Grandfather Grandfather Williamson was a uh, like a foreman in a factory, like a big, big fucking powerful dude. Like to hunt. I still have all of his shotguns, and I still have all of his guns. They're fucking sweet too. Are they? I, I pretty much never shoot them. The, the double bill, the double barrel shotgun is the only one that I'll shoot, and I keep it. I keep it close by in case I need, you know. <laughs> sometimes you need a bird shot if you're just if you're just trying to. If the coyotes get a little bit too close. To if the you kids. just want to scare, like really hurt a person and not really hurt them, or <laughs> or, or or. If you got any hired help up there, and then doing the job, and then when up. you want to splatter something, you put in the double op buck, and mm. then that that finishes anything. Wonderful. Um. What did you think about the fights last week? Uh, I enjoyed watching the fights. Uh, there was one fight that wasn't a fight that I, a, I still enjoyed it because... Um, it because at any second, you're like, what the fuck's going to happen? Because of the historical significance of how bad it was. And the commentary. The yeah, commentary is pretty Nganu, funny. Nganu versus uh, Lewis, the black beast. Uh, the African-American beast. Uh, I think that I don't think they broke the record for least amount of significant second for least amount of significant strikes or yeah. least amount of total strikes landed. But Nganu, he probably takes the cake for that was the worst fight, especially when you consider all of his previous fights. The fact that he's just fucking knocking people over in thirty with seconds, that one hitter quitter with with like thirty second knockouts and shit like that or whatever it was, and then he he loses one fight and now all of a sudden he's scared. Which yeah, I get it. Which he actually came out. Did you read the? Did you? Yeah, he said he was. Fearful. I thought that, I was really. I, I respect the fact that he came out and just said, you know, I lost my last fight real bad. It was embarrassing, and I was scared. It takes a man to uh, for especially for a giant, scary man like that to admit I was afraid to throw strikes because of the last fight shook me up so bad. And he said he actually said that. So to me, like he, you know, his slate's clean. As far as me being his fan goes, because he was just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, we can I'm, go either way now. He was just like, yeah, I was fucking scared. I'll always be impressed when I see him. Like, Jesus Christ, there's never yeah. been a... I don't know if he's ever going to come back from that. Uh, it's. I mean... Who knows? They, they give him the right person to fight. I mean, people overcome all kinds of things. All he's got to do is 
start throwing punches again, and he'll yeah. be fine. Start cracking motherfuckers. But he did not do that in that fight. He did not. He cracked. There was not a motherfucker was cracked. He tried. He threw. There was one big, like series of punches, like maybe a one-two combination that was scary. That was big. That didn't connect in the first round, and that was it. He didn't do shit. That was about it. Yeah. But DC beating uh, Stipe, I was. Mm. I wasn't really surprised they beat him, but I was surprised that it didn't go past like the first round. I was, yeah, I was. <clears throat> I like both of the fighters. I was a little bit disappointed that Stipe didn't win because I, I think he, he's the greatest heavyweight champion yet to date. Obviously, a all American great guy. Very interesting matchup, and um, but Cormier, you know, he's a good guy. Good guy won. He's. And it's, and he it's, got to live his dream. And it's got to be a, th- a fucking thorn in John Jones's ass <laughs> that the the position that John Jones should have, could have, and would have had being both the light and the heavyweight champion because he definitely could have done that more easily than Cormier. That he didn't get it because he's a fuck up. Yep, he can't. Uh, this time, well, they're saying that he'll he'll be back soon, soonish at least. Yeah, he's yeah. I think he's going to come back. We'll see how. I, I can't imagine it being anything other than awesome. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, but uh, he, um, but God bless Daniel Cormier and his victory. And then he got after the fight was over. He got to cut a promo, pro wrestling style, calling out Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar comes in the ring and shoves him. It was they did WWE better than WWE has in oh, a long time. That was the biggest, like, yeah, that was the big, the biggest, like, morph. Like, I, I can see, you know, the UFC kind of starting to morph into being more like WWE in terms of because that's the way you make big fights happen. Yeah, but like still, the, still the, con- the fight's still being real. The Conor McGregor factor where you hype shit up. It's not about the belt. It's about making it's about me. money fights and about taunting people and, and creating this drama. And, and so that was the biggest step that I saw. The organization, actually, they were obviously in on it. Well, they told... They obviously knew that was going to happen. They, they told both of the guys... Earlier in the day, that whoever wins is probably going to fight Brock, and Brock's going to be there. So, and Brock came out like right at the last fight, yeah, it, like very conspicuously. So it was obviously sticking staged. out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it was big giant. But um, I don't think that the shove and anything was staged. But uh, Cormier is a wrestling fan, and he's enough of a showman to where he's like, "I'm going to call him in here," and he's the, he's enough of a showman to know. That shoving me is the perfect thing to do. But Cormier, like Cormier, threw his. Hands oh yeah, he back knew what he was doing. He was hamming it up. Yeah, he said, "You put, you shove me now, you sleep later. You shove me now, you sleep later." So it was. But a him, little- he, he said in the press conference afterwards, he he knew that if he called him in there, that that something like that would happen, and just to play it up, and later on we'll fight and it'll be great. But. If Stipe would have won, that would not have happened. Stipe would have been very respectful. Hey, man, if Brock wants to fight, we can do that. It'll be great. And we'll have a lot of fun. But yeah. if, if Brock goes in there and shoves Stipe, they're fighting then. <laughs> they're fighting right then. <laughs> it's it's happening right now. I could see that. Yeah, Stipe doesn't give a fuck. And Brock doesn't give a fuck either. It'd been, it, that would have also been awesome. But one, one more reason why I was rooting for Stipe, because he's... You know, he's that the real. Respectable, nice guy. Cormier's that, too. For but some but reason, Steve, he's been cast as the heel. But Stipe's more the working... He's like... He's still a firefighter. The working class, white American, just gritty ass. His parents, the son of immigrants. Doesn't look like doesn't look like he can do what he can do. Neither of them, Cormier, no. look like they can do what they can do. <laughs> you see Cormier and Brock side by side? 
or put them again, put them <laughs> up against Nganu, you know, just in looking at them, you know what I mean? You wouldn't think these guys are the baddest motherfuckers to ever walk the planet. But they are. They are. They, they really absolutely are. are. It was fucking great. We were so excited here whenever that happened. <laughs> like, we don't give a flying fuck about Brock. And, like, like uh, it's it just it's just 5 10% more exciting whenever he's involved in. Well, and, and it's the whole um, things change with the whole McGregor Diaz matchup. And the, the money changed. Like, the money um, scale changed. And it was like, this is not a title fight, yet these fights are bringing in yeah, that's, so that, much more money. They were talking shit. Because and they're both really good at it, just because in different of the, ways. The story and the characters and and the shit talk and the drama, and that's that's where the UFC is kind of headed. Is that that's that that's how they that's how they're going to make more money than what they're currently making is by. Well, they got that big ESPN deal. I don't know about that, really. Yeah, they're essentially just switching fight pass over to ESPN, and they're going to do ESPN Plus events, like kind of like they do fight pass events now. Which I think ESPN Plus is only four ninety nine a month. So, and ESPN's now owned by Disney. Yeah, they have been for a while now. I just think that's weird. They're going to try to. They might for UFC events on ESPN. Do you think they'll try to soften them up and like and not have them do elbows and stuff? Because that's what that's where all the blood comes from. That would be really stupid if they did. It would be so dumb. Uh, Fox. Whenever UFC first started going on Fox, the big the big Fox, not like Fox Sports One. Um, if there was a really bloody fight in between fights, they come out with a gray spray paint and spray paint the canvas so it wasn't on there anymore. Just cover it and up. And it real would quick. just, yeah, it would just, uh, Rogan said it, it, it would just fill the entire arena with fumes and it would smell terrible. And these fighters are like breathing really heavily and breathing these yeah, fumes in. It's, it's just getting high. It's, off a, of it. it's a fucked up bloody sport, man. Let them do that. Either people are tuned in or they won't, whatever. Yeah, but the more I mean, it's it's if just you like, don't if you don't like blood, don't watch blood sport. I mean, that's literally what it is. It's a blood sport. It's the best sport. It's the it it is. It's the purest form of competition. I I can't think of anything more pure, unless they removed more of the rules. Then yeah, that'd be the only way is to allow nut shots, headbutts, twelve six elbows. Yeah, because it's it's mono a mono in the purest sense of the word. Um, there's no other sport. That is, you know, that that's that exciting, that interesting, that technical. I mean, sure, like swimming, like one on one, who can swim the fastest lap? That's great, but there's not as okay. there's not much consequence. That's, that's to that. mono imano too, but I'm not fucking it, watching that shit. If you, if you lose in that sport, you're not going to the hospital. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna watch to see if somebody you know almost everybody goes to the hospital gets after a, a gets a after an MMA fight a point zero zero one percent of of a better diving start than the other guy and that no I cage fighting is where it's at as far as sports go for me it's pretty much the only one I watch I'll still watch uh, Mountaineer uh, basketball and football that's about it I can watch it I don't I'm not interested in it but I can sit and watch a game I'd rather be playing I'd rather like just play a game of 32 with somebody or you know actually be playing than watching but I like the sports I just I'm not really into sitting and watching so much. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I look forward to uh, whenever they can, because Brock had to re-enter the drug testing pool, so he's got six months. I don't know when he re-entered. Hell, he might have re-entered in April. He looked a lot smaller, He too. did, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think is better for him. Got off him. the sauce, yeah. It's way better for him as a Because he was having to cut weight 
He was too big to get this two sixty five. Too big, yeah. And then being and then being all dehydrated and shit, and losing stamina when he's already ten times you know way bigger than the other guy. I've always said it. If he would have went straight into MMA at, right out of college wrestling, I'm not sure anybody would have. And he took it seriously. I'm not sure anybody would have ever beat him. Yeah, I'm sure he would have been a more serious champion for sure. He's, but heavyweight champion, you know, Stipe defended three times, and that's the nobody's, most, nobody's ever at, defended it three times. And heavy, at, heavy, at heavyweight, yeah, no one's ever stayed for more than four fights. It's as champion, insane. That is. Well, it's because everybody's so big. The, the consequences are so much greater. Well, what's the whatever. longest? What's the longest run at another weight class? Um, right now, it's Mighty say, Mouse. Mighty Mouse. I think he's got. He's either tied or he's got one more than Anderson. At what, like ten or eleven or something? I think it's eleven. Eleven defense, the defenses. championship defenses. Yeah. Yeah. Compare that to three being the record. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> That's why they have weight classes. That is why they have weight classes. I mean, as skilled as Mighty Mouse is, I would cry if they said, we're going to have a super fight with Brock Lesnar and Mighty Mouse. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing to him? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's much more skilled, but if he just grabs a hold of him, he can rip his head off. Jesus. Yeah. It's not fair. I mean, I suppose he could just like move around and punch him in the body. He might be able to get him tired. And win, win by decision. He might be able to do that. I mean, I don't think Brock Lesnar is going to be able to double leg him because he'll be so much faster. Well, and if you try to wrestle a little guy too, he can just shoot through shoot through your arm or through you know like little holes and stuff that a little guy can get. I mean, it's still an unfair fight, but there are advantages to being small. They just but a hundred pounds smaller, but just a hundred and fifty pounds smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, by the time Brock uh, rehydrates, literally, he's more than twice his size. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah, in every in every, and, and I think Brock probably literally does crap bigger than Mighty Mouse, and probably lifts more than twice what he lifts. Oh God, yeah, Brock is gorilla strong. I know it's racist to say gorilla strong, but I mean, he is a vanilla gorilla. He's the original, I think. What? But yeah, it was fucking great. DC getting to cut a promo like a pro wrestler. I wouldn't doubt it because he's he's retiring when he turns forty. I wouldn't doubt if he went over to WWE after that. Make some more money. Yeah, get a little bit of cash. Why not? Just do like a one thing, one angle. Yeah. Do Yeah, I guess Rousey's kind of setting the model for that right now. Yeah, and she's actually really good at it. Fucking Baxter. He's all tangled up in the cords down there. Anyway. Um Let's do favorite things just for Shits and giggles here. I don't really know. Usually this is just a Chuck segment. Raindrops on Because he was so angry all the time we had to come up with a new segment <laughs> for him to say positive and things. And then and then the umbrage taker is like the, the, uh, the, converse, the converse of that. converse of that. He was getting too happy and yeah. too positive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need you to bitch a little bit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Favorite things. Um... I'm trying to think here. I went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp last week. Yeah. It's pretty decent if you like superhero movies. But the stakes were so low in this one. Like, usually in the superhero movies, the world is ending. And if if you don't do this, everybody on the planet dies. Right. Multiple planets. But in this one, it was just like, we got to go 
get this thing from these other people because we don't want them to have the same technology as us. So we need to fuck them. We we want. It was good. I don't know. Paul Rudd's charming. Whatever. That Mexican guy's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm, I'm the worst person in the world to talk to about the superhero movies. I left off with the with the Heath Ledger Batman movie, Dark Knight. Now you went and saw the Dark Knight Rises with us. Yeah, well, yeah. That was Bane. Right. Yeah, that one. That was. It was my, in the series, though. But that was yeah. I still think that's my favorite trilogy of movies of all time. Yeah, it was I good. Those movies. It really was good. Um, Either that or the. Uh, yeah, just the entire Fast and Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I'm pulling my favorite things. I think I know what yours is going to be. Mm. It's um. Oh God, please make me famous. If you can't, just make it painless. And the band. Where can you find a burger that makes Does this. Arcade Fire. This song is Arcade Fire. And this this album's actually been out for like a year or something. Yeah, I remember they were on. Um, I'm so far behind, I'm just now picking up on it. But this is the tune. I've been cranking this in my head everywhere I walk. <laughs> I like the, the synth. That fucking drum sound is. Fucking dope. And uh, the melody is actually being played by the electric bass, but there's yeah. no electric bass on any other parts of the song. He just it's just it's just the <laughs> melody. It's very clever because the synth is the bass. I think we we talked about them when we were drinking there a couple weeks ago. There's a lot of Bruce Springsteen in these guys. Oh, absolutely. Win Butler is a big yep. Yeah, it's one of his favorites. Some boys hate themselves. I think they're great from everything I've heard. I haven't really did a deep dive into any of their albums. Oh, I, yeah, they're definitely easily top three favorite bands for me. All time? or Yeah. Word. Radiohead, Arcade Fire, Seagull Rose, something like that. Tommy James and the Shondells. Um, yeah. The Eagles. Four Non Blondes. What's up? First record. <laughs> you say put on our first record? Yeah. That's fucking great. Shouting yourself out like a rapper in your own song. <laughs> put on my first record. I'm going to do that in my next next time I write a song. I'm next time you, next time you attempt to commit suicide, you should put on my first record. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take the pain away. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that. Uh, you can keep that playing if you want. That was an accident. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Who's the her? Regine. It's such an annoying sound, but it fits so well. Yeah, it's <laughs> deliberate. And they processed her voice a whole bunch too to make it sound like a synthesizer. When did you first get into these guys? Um, like I had a girlfriend that was into them before it was cool to be into them. Before their what's that like having a girlfriend? Pretty terrible. Yeah, that's what um, I hear. But um, yeah, this one was actually particularly terrible. 
I mean, like, yeah, she was maybe the worst. Did I know her? Mm, no. No, you've probably met her. I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, but was this in Morgantown? Yeah, and she dated somebody who's also a mutual friend of ours. Uh, a rapper. Yeah, a certain a certain. Uh, Her name starts prominent with a, rapper with a with a K. It's a it's a hard K sound. Yeah. Um. Anyhow, so she was into them before they were. It's cool to be into them. Like their first EP before they were cool, and then the first record came out, and I was asleep through it. I missed it, and then like. He, a lot of people so don't later. know John slept for four years. He was Brian Wilson there for a while. Yeah, and I woke up with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then and the, their second album came out, Neon Bible, and I was right on top of that. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I went back and listened to the first album. And I was like, oh, my God. So I got like a double dose. Neon Bible was their – that was the breakout one, wasn't it? No. Um, um, the, the, their, their debut was a breakout. Oh, really? It probably might have sold even more – probably more popular than Neon Bible even because it is that good. Um, and then they had um, Suburbs, which is very big, and I think they won an award or were nominated or whatever for that. I remember that one, yeah. Reflector came out. That one was good, but maybe overall a little weaker than the others. And then this is um, uh, Everything Now is the name of this album. It's a great name, too, because uh, that's what we are. We're, we want everything now. And I don't, I don't, I'm still new to the album. I don't necessarily think it's as strong as the first two as an album, but... Uh, I've definitely been cranking it. Uh, I, you should too. You've got Me it, or you, the people that are listening? Everybody, because, uh, you know, if, if you don't, then. If you don't support your. Uh, you have no soul. If you don't support your artists, they'll just stop. These guys will continue because they're hugely popular now and they don't need your fucking support. But Word. Yeah. I'm, I'm not listening to them for charity. I'm listening to them because I like, like the, them. I like the way it makes me feel. They, uh, they tour with Pearl Jam like in 08, I think. I actually saw them in Toronto in like um, maybe it was 010 or 010 or so. I saw them in Toronto. It was fucking fantastic. Their shows are crazy. It's like if the people aren't, um, if the crowd's not getting into it, they'll like give them shit. <laughs> it's like you're here to fucking, you know, you're like you're here to be a part of this. It's like stand up and actually, you know, like get into the music. Yeah, it was like whenever we. I fucking hate like I hate concerts, and if I go to a concert and then people are just fucking sitting in their seats and being boring to something that's like really emotive, you know what I mean? It's just like it makes it that much more boring for me. You remember we went and saw the Abbott Brothers with Bree, yeah, and, and Charleston, and I guess Charleston's notorious for this. People just kind of sit there and listen, yeah, like a bunch of old people. Which I mean, whatever, but I, mean, I saw them in Morgantown before that, and everybody was up dancing around. Of course, it was a college crowd. But yeah, if you're going to go to a concert... It just changes everything for the whole mood. It's like what I was talking about on one of the last podcasts about evangelical... You know, there's an energy in a room caused by the way that people feel and the way that they act. And that affects everybody. It's probably true of the whole world. But, um... Yeah, um... I, I, I feel strongly enough about that band and that music that it's like, yeah, I was like... I want to fucking move to the... You know, Moshing. I, I want to move to this Throwing music. elbows. No, I wasn't throwing elbows. The girl I was standing next to me was, and she kept getting into trouble with other people, but um, including my brother. And he got mad at me because I was being nice to her. <laughs> you guys haven't spoken since. Pretty much. <laughs> that was that was. Yeah that that was a <laughs> that was a nail in the coffin right there when I was nice to somebody that he didn't like. And he just met her. 
Yeah, that he didn't the even that he didn't even know. And the, and the funny thing is about this concert. And then so she was familiar with the venue, right? We'd never been to Canada. We'd never been there. And she was like, "Listen, you guys want to leave before the band's done because you're going to get stuck here for four hours because it's it's on an island. And you have to take a ferry to the island to get to the venue." It's like you're going to get stuck. It's like you want to leave. And I was like, so I was trying to like get the group together because I was already exhausted because I fucking hate concerts anyway. I'm done after 45 minutes. It's like, we got to go. We got to go. I bet they play two hours. We got to go. We got a long drive to get home. We're in the middle of fucking Canada. Like, let's go. And I got, and he also got mad at me for that. But, um, and then, and and the funny, and I was like, and he was mad because I was like, listen, this girl knows what she's talking about. She said, we need to go because we're going to get, we're going to get trapped in here and have to wait for 10 million ferries to cross before we can get across. And so we didn't go when I wanted to go. And guess what happened? We got stuck there for four hours. We got stuck there for three and a half hours waiting for the goddamn ferries to take us across. Fucking ferries. body water. And by the time we got over, we were so exhausted that uh, we wound up wasting money on a hotel room that we shouldn't have had to buy. Jesus Christ. It was, it was a nightmare. The concert was great, though. Arcade Fire is no shit. If you ever get a chance to see them, it's real. It's real? It's real. You got a lot of... I don't say that about much music. Most music's no. not real. <laughs> We had a conversation about that before we started. I know a lot of, yeah, I know a lot of local and not local musicians who are not fucking real. Yeah, they're just making words that rhyme, kind of using sniping melodies and things from other people. Naming words. naming a song after somebody else's album and then using a Radiohead chord progression that you played in a band with them with. <laughs> With the exact same phrasing, but I mean, I've done that too. But but I mean, I mean, but I admit it. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm doing. We've all original. used we've all used a one four five chord change. It's not like everybody doesn't, you know, use chord changes that are not original. But you could be a little, a little more subtle about it. Maybe not phrase it the exact same way. You could be a little more subtle. A little more subtle. <laughs> Still, my persona. You yeah. could use use a different word. I'm the guy that writes the sad bastard songs use around a, here, motherfucker. A different. You're still in my gimmick. You could use a different word from the the name of the other person's album who you didn't acknowledge <laughs> to name your your only your your second original song. <laughs> but whatever. Hey, to each their own, man. Keep playing those covers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Got more fans than me. Yeah, nobody likes what I do either. So. <laughs> Got more fans. You're beating me. <laughs> I think there's four people out there that are waiting for the next Dutch Underwood and the Dirty Shame album to drop. All four of them. And they're going to wait a while. Yeah, I think I'm, I don't have very many fans, but I've probably got the best likelihood that someone will commit suicide to, <laughs> to my music. Like the Arcade Fire song mentions. Well, the, the line in the Arcade Fire song we just played is um, uh, something about, you know, girl that hates herself, thinks about dying all the time. And then it's like, Fills up the bathtub and puts up puts on our first record, <laughs> and it doesn't rhyme. So it's like I don't know. It's just extra dark. It's like, yeah, people kill people kill themselves to our music. How's that supposed to make me feel? Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the fucking song and where the wild things are? Uh, it's called. I think that song's Neighborhood Number Something because there's. Is it Wake Up? No, that's not Wake Up. Lights. Um. No, this is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, 
Well, there's more than one on. Yeah, on I think they might have did the soundtrack. The, maybe not the score, but the soundtrack. It, there were two songs. Both of the songs on the soundtrack, I think, are, are on the first record. This song is fantastic. Yeah. This, this, is, this is the first Arcade Fire album. You know what I listened to earlier? I haven't, I haven't given it a full listen in a while. Neil Young Harvest. It's a fucking great album. I'm gonna pull it up. Fuck the Arcade Fire. Kiss my grits. Kiss my grits, Mel. Let me find old Uncle Neil. I'm gonna be sad when he dies, and it's coming. That dude's older than shit. Yeah. That's not so sad. Yeah, he's probably ready to go, man. He had a good run. Boy, that, uh... The, uh, separation in the instruments here is pretty profound. He's got the guitar panned all the way over yeah, if you're listening in stereo. Yeah. By the time I edit this down, it'll be mono, I think. No, it's still st- it's still a stereo image yeah, but I, for the I, music. I edit it down. Well, you know what? It probably will still be separated. It should be. It sounds like it is. But I was thinking, the, the, the nerdy sound engineer in me thinks, it's like, well, you could put a separate track for each vocal and then pan those a little bit so it sounds like you're in the room. So Chuck's, oh, for sit, this? Chuck's sitting to the left and John's sitting to the right and you're in the middle. The thing about this is it won't do it. Oh, it doesn't do that many tracks? Um, when you're recording with USB, you can only do uh, one. Like this, the interface I have oh, here I get it. acts yeah. as one USB mic. Right, you don't have a multi, have multi-channel interface, yeah. right? Well, it's multi-channel. It's but just stereo. I'd have to, there's things I have to do with this particular program to where I'd have to be able to separate everything into different tracks. You know? Yeah. And I'm not savvy enough to do that. Yeah. Especially when recording it at the same time. Now, if we we were to record, like, me say all the things that I say in the podcast, and you come in and overdub your reactions, and then Chuck overdub his reactions. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) But, But, yeah, and then also if you have four different tracks, it puts more stress on the CPU and more likely to crash right in the middle of a two-hour episode you lose everything and yeah, this thing's hanging by, by a thread as it is yeah it's just so probably not a good idea yeah but yeah this but, was uh, Harvest is one of my favorite albums ever top to bottom there's some garbage on it like there's a little like, well there can't be there can't be garbage on it though if it's if it's in that category for you uh, not garbage I mean there's one song that I like but it just seems like you tried to do too much hmm it's this one. It's just all orchestral and weird. It's fine. Doesn't sound like a Neil Young song. That's that's my that's my big problem with it. There's a world you know, it's good, but it's just, for some reason, I remember not liking this one as much when I first got the album too. But it's still fine. Sounds more like something I'd do. <laughs> but it would fit with you. All these acoustic <laughs> right, songs. Right. <laughs> this is just like the sweeping thing there. <laughs> it's not Neil, man. The flutes? Come on. 
Like maybe if the whole album sounded like this and that was the idea, yeah. but, but one track on, on an acoustic album, it doesn't make any sense. But the rest of it's, I mean, there's a little bit of hard, not hard rock, but hard rock for the 70s, I suppose. Have you ever listened to Joanna? It sounds like a Joanna Newsom song, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, the rest of it's just this type of stuff. Neil, you know, you know. We used to, there's a line in this song, we used to change it to dream up, dream up, let me fill your butt with the penis of a man. (laughs) (laughs) Not a specific man. Any man. Any butt, it doesn't matter. I'll take another man's penis and rub it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it, get it started, and spit on your butthole, and just let it glide in. It'll it could, glide. It could even be just like a, like you know, a dildo. Close enough. I mean, I hear they feel the same. No, not exactly. There are some dual density ones. That are, <laughs> you got to look for the dual density. Double-headed dual it's, density. It's a little bit spongier in the first couple millimeters, and then when you start getting more toward the core, it starts getting more well, They make a dildo that you got to get it aroused first, so it'll get hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make ones that shoot cum, that shoot cum shots. Oh, I've seen them. They've got the pump on them. You can put fake semen in it. <laughs> I've seen them. Um, Where have you seen them? On, there's these porns where these, they have these on the intranet. Yeah, giant fake dicks. Like they're shooting I mean, like shooting like a pint of long. cum. Oh, just <laughs> like a fire hose. It's yeah, a deluge of jism. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole genre, really. Yeah, but there's a lot of great songs on this album. <laughs> this one almost doesn't fit. Man needs a maid, but I love it so much. This also sounds like something you might do. You know, I would never do that chord change. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to do anything Neil Young's ever done. This song, if this song was released now, it would be labeled as misogynist and anti-woman because it's a man needs a maid. Fucking Canadians. But the word maid has a lot of different meanings. Yeah. Be like a maiden. But not in that context. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sometimes I get confused with Neil Young, whether I think he's just a good singer. But it's just, it just sounds like Neil, you know? He's got his own thing. I don't think he's. <laughs> just like, like how. I think he's, it's not about his singing. It's about what he's saying and, and the energy that he puts into yeah. it. He puts his whole ass into everything he does. And there's like some acoustic things where it's just him and an acoustic guitar, and he's just like, yeah, it's just so that raw. shit's pretty powerful. Yeah. Like um, on this particular album, there's it's got a live cut on it. Needle and the damage is done. It's it's him in front of a little crowd there somewhere, and that's what they use for the album. It's fucking fan. God, this song is so good. You're doing some walking bass lines on that. I caught you knocking at my cellar door. He's the greatest man. I, I love you, baby. Can I, I hope he never dies. 
Breaking news. Neil Young is dead. Yeah. That'd be terrible. That's intention manifestation right there, baby. It's like the opposite. Like the universe is like, no, fuck you. (laughs) That happens too. (laughs) Reverse intention manifestation. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Neil's uh, one of my all time favorites, especially this particular album. Then when this album ended, um, Oh, I have that uh, the whole acoustic thing there. This came on. Where the fuck is it? Oh, there it is. This one came on. This is one of my favorite songs of all time too. Neil Young, uh, he uh, he's the uh, pioneer of the drop D tune. One thing I never noticed is he doesn't sing lead on this song. He sings the lower harmony. Somebody with it's a much better conventional singers. <laughs> I think it's his bass player. You a Neil fan at all? I haven't delved into it very much. I, I mean, I like him. I just I respect his word. I respect what he did. He's what just he like does. the kind of guy that you just like what he stands for, and who he is. And I res- yeah, I respect him as an artist, but it's not something I've <clears throat> delved into. It's like, oh my god, like look like I have a some artist where it's like I gotta have every album. You don't want to do that with Neil. <laughs> no, I, I won't. I probably won't. I mean, I I've, I tried, and I was like, oh man, there's. I did that with Dylan. I went through a six month Dylan phase. That's probably a good phase to go through, especially being a singer-songwriter. Yeah, and uh, I can still listen to that periodically and get into it, but it's not its not an everyday. I don't listen to Dylan every day. But I can go back to it and be like, oh, yeah. Um, it's all very good. Yeah, I mean, it's important music to me. I think it's important to everybody, whether you like it or not. Well, he def- sort of like the fucking Beatles. He I actually mean. did change history a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that gave John Lennon his first joint. But, like, today, there's <laughs> such a whitewash. There's so much fucking content nowadays that, say, being like Arcade Fire, that I think is... I enjoy their music more than Bob Dylan's music, but they're not going to make an impact on society in the same way because... They're not going to pull a surprise, like... The record industry is different. Or did he get a... There's a whitewash of music. Uh, people are just numb from just consuming. That's well, kind of what that album is about, but... is a... Uh, Infinite content. Here's one of Neil's famous one note solos. (laughs) (laughs) I love him so much. There's a there's a a solo on on this album later. It's just one note the entire time. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> anyway, what else you want to talk about? You got any anything, any music that's been besides Arcade Fire, any music or uh, um, news stories or anything? I don't have a lot, of, a lot of content on the tip of my tongue at the moment, but um, I don't know, I'll, I'll just play some music here. Let me dig some stuff This up. is sort of what sometimes we do this. I don't know if you ever listen to the fun employment files, but me and Chuck would just start playing music that we like back and forth doing dueling. I don't know if you've ever heard this song, but it's it's pretty good. Huh. It's like... It is... 
It's Eric Clapton, but it's, it's not like, familiar. It, but it's kind of like more synthesizer driven. Hmm, let me see if I can find something it's kinda, that I like. It's kind of raunchy. I'll find something that I that maybe we can compare. <laughs> let me see if I can find something good. Hold on a second. How do you feel oh, about that? I like this song. Huh. Like a lot. Okay. I haven't heard it in a long time, but I, I definitely like it. Yeah. You got something? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm digging something up right now. Let's see here. I actually covered... So the last song Juna ever played, the last show Juna ever played, I covered this tune uh, off of... Um, and it's a female singer. She sounds kind of like a man. And uh, this is a band I think is really great, actually. It's called, uh, the band is Beach House. The song, this song is Zebra. The album is Teen Dream, which came out a long time ago. Like eight years ago or something. Eight years ago or so. But this whole album is fucking fantastic. Uh, Teen Dream by Beach House. And it's a three-piece. It's like... Really, it's a two-piece, but they have a drummer live. It's just a chick plays keys, and the guy plays guitar, and they do vocal harmonies. So it's very simple arrangements, but um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I like it so far. You know you go. You don't gotta She does have like a little husky, like a, maybe a dusty spring. Sounds like a skinny hipster man. Like a father John missed. Where are they from? Baltimore. Baltimore. Balmer. 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 Yeah, the wire was filmed there. It's about Baltimore. They even got the accents right. I like the harmonies. So the chorus is coming. The chorus is awesome. And, she, and he she, he does like bass organ pedals with his feet while he's playing guitar. It's kind of cool. a big boner for this album for a good couple years. Then the drums kind of come in. I like it. It's, uh, I know what it reminds me of, but it sounds familiar. Yeah. It seems but like it could have been like in a weird independent movie that I watched. It's familiar but new. Yeah. They're very good at that. I guess they have a new album or two new albums out that I still haven't heard because my head's been in the sand. So I need to get on that. And people, I'll, I'll pick some gems for the next step, maybe from Beach House. Right on. But right now, all I pretty much have is my instincts. And you're asking me to go against them. <laughs> you know what's weird about instincts? It's in the way that you use so you can use them in different ways? Yeah. They come and they go, you see. See, what I like to do with my songwriting, with my songwriting instincts, is I like to take someone else's chord progression. 
And I take, like to take the album name from another person's <laughs> album that's like geographically very close to me and name it that. And still another person who's also geographically And then take lyrics from yet another person who's associated <laughs> with the other person and take lyrics. And they told you one song. time that you inspired them to start writing your own songs. Yeah, and put it in the second song I ever wrote. Yeah. And then claim it as mine. <laughs> Which is technically not thievery. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I can't press charges. I wouldn't do it anyway if we could. No. I don't even believe in intellectual property. Yeah, I don't either. I just like to make fun. That's one thing we could get into is intellectual property. I love talking about that shit. Yeah. Since Chuck's not, or since he who shall not be named is not here, I could do, I could do some intellectual ranting about intellectual property. Yeah, you want to do that? Go ahead. Uh, okay, so intellectual property is this idea like, um, you know, it's the idea that you can copyright a song or you can own. Uh, a good example of this is that. Um, the guy after the Wright brothers, who was the big flight innovator, copyrighted the shape of a wing yeah. such that no one else was allowed to build a wing that actually worked because he owned that shape. And it almost caused us to lose World War One because no one was allowed to innovate. The market couldn't innovate new planes because only one dude for one company owned the shape of a wing. And so eventually government had to say, okay, we got to let other companies and other people be able to use the wing shape that you didn't even fucking invent. You just own, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like Michael Jackson didn't own the Beatles, but he owned the Beatles catalog. How is that sane? How is it insane? Um, The idea of intellectual property to me means that you can own an idea, which is stupid because I could come up with an idea. Like I could come up with an idea for like, a microphone design. Let's say I'm a microphone engineer and I come up with this microphone design. There could be somebody in Russia or right next door that comes up with the exact same design on their own accord. But they can't sell that because I have the copyright. How is that just? That's just totally unfair. It's like... Um, but anyway, so I don't believe... I don't actually believe proper, um, intellectual property exists. I think it's a myth. Because... Um, for example, like Napster is a good example. Um, I didn't steal a CD from anyone when I was no. using Napster back in the day. I didn't take anything from anyone that they had such that they no longer had it. Somebody bought it? Mike, I bought a computer that has the ability to make a copy of the thing that well, you have, the, and then yeah, now it's on my hard drive. I bought it. I, I bought, let's the, say I bought uh, the New Radicals CD, because this is right around when Napster was out. I bought the New Radicals CD. I uploaded it onto my computer. And then I uploaded it to Napster. I paid for it, and then you come. Oh, New Radicals, big fan. My and my computer copied the thing that you uploaded. It downloaded the thing that I uploaded that I paid for. Such so that you still have it. It's my now, property. Uh, you have a copy, and now I have a copy. And I'm sharing it with you. Yes, just like, just like, uh, you know, putting something on VHS. If you have two VCRs back in the eighties, like yeah, you used to do, we're recording shit off of TV, or recording something off of the radio, which but we used to do all the time. It, Theft, the definition of theft is I'm taking something that personally belongs to you and I take I take your monster energy drink. Now you no longer How dare you, sir. You no longer have the monster energy drink. That's what theft is, but that's not what intellectual property is. That's like, you know, if, if someone has an idea and they share it and someone else goes and uses it, that's not theft. That's just what you've just done is just taken a copy of someone else's idea in your brain and then used it. In a way that they weren't using it, um, so it's just kind of an insane idea. And there's just so much legality and so much, so many lawsuits and so much shit pent up in all this intellectual property um, <coughs> shit that uh, 
I just think it's kind of insane, personally. I think if you if you if you got an idea that's so that's so great that you don't want other people to use it, keep that shit to yourself or copyright it immediately. You know, or and then you know keep it to yourself if you don't want to share until it. until it's fully fleshed out and yeah, it's like it's like uh, Elon Musk. Every all the I've designs, already used that, I've already used that word. All, all the designs for all I use that word all already. Of his technology and that word he 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 makes public so people can improve on it. Yeah. It should be everything should be open source, but things should be credited. So, if, so like for example, it's it's documented that my albums were released at a certain time. It's stamped on the internet. This was released at this time. So, if someone wants to make a duplicate of something I've done musically and put it out, let's say that's fine. But just Ronnie, Ronnie Millsap. But 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 give me credit for the fact that I wrote it. And if you don't, you're going to look like an asshole because it's stamped. It's so time stamped. If Ronnie Millsap decides to do a, a, a full cover album. Of uh, Sing, your album Sing. Um, you would have no problem with it as long as he as long as I credited get cre- you with it. As long as I get credit and for maybe, it. Maybe throw you some cash. Why would he give me any cash? Well, I mean, you're going to get some anyway because it's, it's documented that you did write the songs. Well, they'll wind up, I'll get some because people will go listen to the original version. And then they'll want to hear your better version because I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You're better than Ronnie Millsap. I, I don't know. I, I Apparently not, because he's <laughs> he's way well, more he, popular. He hit at the right time. Let's just be a, the blind thing helps him out a lot. He didn't release an obscure, dark, <laughs> uh, fucked up with series of it. series of albums in in central uh, West Virginia, and did almost no promotion for them. Well, I did you know promotion for what I knew how to do. I read all kinds of books on it and tried to figure out how to do it, but it's much different, and it's also different, like. If I'd just done the exact same thing, went through the exact same motions, but I happened to live in Brooklyn, it would have been yeah. received totally differently because it would have been a different he's thing. from Brooklyn or Ooh, he's, looky there. Oh, he's part of the scene. Of oh, the scene. look at him. He's got a beard. Oh, we should Brooklyn. He, he, wear, he wears a, he wears a stocking cap sometimes. Brooklyn. Oh, I've seen him drinking coffee. I, I think he wrote his songs there at the kombucha. Oh my god, we're gonna have to go buy that album. I'll tell you what. It's, it's How you Brooklyn. like my Brooklyn accent? It's from Brooklyn. Oh, it's, good, it's good. from Brooklyn. You get that Brooklyn album from. It's from Bensonhurst, I hear. Brooklyn. He walks the streets just like a normal human. But if yeah, but if you do the same shit in Charleston, Idaho, or, ain't nobody from Idaho breaking out. No, there could be. There's some not genius, a million years. Some genius sitting in Idaho playing nine different instruments at once, and nobody gives a fuck. No. Nobody gives a fuck about Idaho. No. Grow your potatoes and shut the fuck up. We don't want to hear your music, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of funny when I when I when started releasing music and it got into the into the system. So it's on iTunes. It's on this, that, and the other. The best the best reception I got was in the Middle East. <laughs> people you know had no I, fun, can, I can hear that. No in fucking some of your stuff. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But yeah, people that never had no fucking idea who I was didn't give a shit where I was from. Just listening to it, just based on I heard this sound and I liked it. What if you're like the sugar man? Uh, Searching for Sugar Man, there's like a whole documentary about a guy who who made one album and it was extremely well received in one place and he didn't know it. Or like and, the Pixies. Yeah. The, the Pixies were playing at like one, two, three Pleasant Street and stuff. They were they were just a regular, just trashy rock band, just torn shit bars. And then like year they broke up, years passed, and now they're fucking playing stadium audiences. <laughs> so I don't think that's gonna happen to, to me or you, but 
Well, I would want to do. <laughs> like, can I just make the albums and you guys buy them? I don't really want well, to do the I, tour. That's the thing. That's the thing I got into. It's like it's like okay, you want me to play? I was like, oh, okay, I'll show up with a disc man, and put my disc in there. I already did it, motherfucker. I already did it better than I'm going to do it tonight live. Don't you want to hear the good version? <laughs> I already did it. Listen, I already fucking I did it. I can't do all that stuff again. I can't play all these instruments at once live. I mean, I guess I could get a looper, but it's not going to be that great. The sparsest song on this album has nine different instruments on it that I played myself. <laughs> you want me to play with an acoustic guitar and at a, you know, at a dingy bar where people people want me to play Leonard Skinner? <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> I don't want to do that for fuck's sake. It's it's demeaning. Yeah, people ask me why I don't play out often. I'm just like, oh, I mean, I'll play when people ask me to, but I'm I'm not out seeking any gigs because I don't want to play. I don't. First of all, I don't like practicing. I don't like learning. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like relearning all the songs I wrote. And then I don't have enough songs to cover three hours. And I'm, then I'm gonna have to learn more songs uh, that I didn't write, which is even harder. And also, I don't want to play three hours. If you want to play me forty five minutes, that'd be great. I can do that all day. That's what sets should be. They should be forty five minutes, and that's that's my opinion. Yeah, but all the all the bars and shit, they want one person to play for three hours, and I'm just like, man, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to listen to Radiohead for three hours. No, I don't want to listen to Arcade Fire for three hours. Yeah, mix it up a little bit. No, I, throw in a little Snoopy in the maybe Red two Baron. albums in a row that are studio recorded that I can control the volume of, and I don't have to be around all these <laughs> fucking turdly people in this weird environment. <laughs> but people like that shit. Some people like yeah, man, concerts I, and festivals. I like going to to bars and and seeing bands, especially bands my friends are in. I enjoy that. And uh, my friends in Red Audio, they have me uh, open for them. Well, they don't. They close for me. Right. <laughs> they were nice enough to go on last. Yeah, they were nice enough to to close for me there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I like doing that because I don't have to do much. I just have to get up and play my five songs, ten songs, and then they'll get up and they'll play a couple songs with me because we know some songs to, that we can play together because whatever. And then I, I get to go hang out and do nothing and listen to them. Go outside and smoke cigarettes every now and then. Try to talk to girls. Fail at that. Because they missed my set and they don't know that I can do anything other than be big. And then, <laughs> then I drive home. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm writing that down. <laughs> I haven't written anything down for a title yet. so um, I'm sure you'll find something. Uh, the, did you see the story about the kids trapped in a cave or some shit in Thailand? Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard a little bit about it. I mean, I didn't keep up much, but I did keep up with the outrage over... Um, Elon Musk trying to help. People are just angry at Elon Musk for trying trying to figure something out to help. I got all kinds of things I could bitch. <laughs> uh, I could fucking go on a rant about why I don't like Elon Musk. I mean, that's it's fine to not like him, but it, but, but he was trying to help, right? I don't understand why all these turds think that it's his job to be the tech Superman in every goddamn crisis that happens all over the globe. But that's absurd. Um, but there's all kinds of things I don't like about him. I'll go into a couple since we're on the topic. Uh, this is something I know a little bit about. Uh, I do own stocks. I like the stock market. One big popular stock is you guys Tesla. Can't, you guys can't see it, but uh, John's wearing like an old school stock uh, stock trader's sh- uh, shirt <laughs> with the the band around the arm, and he's got a visor, a green visor, on. <laughs> and smoking a cigar, <laughs> smoking a big cigar. But um, he says buy and sell under his breath a lot. Yeah, I'm constantly like clicking on it, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> on my phone trading. But um, 
So so Tesla's this big stock and the Tesla makes the electric cars that are a total failure uh so far. But the stock is huge and he just has this cult following because he can he he's Elon Musk. He's, he's Iron Man. Um but I don't know, like 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 these analysts were asking him questions. He agreed to do an interview with analysts, like 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 stock dudes. Yeah, like professional stock dudes who are asking him these basic questions about earnings. It's like the stock price just dropped. What do you have to say to your stockholders? To you know, what what can we expect from the company? Are your earnings going to improve? Should they get out? You know, are they going to lose a bunch of money on the the fact that they put all this money into your company? Here are some basic questions we have for you that your stockholders want to know. And uh, he was asking some of these basic questions, and Elon Musk, in his fucking typical snooty, fucking tone of voice, was just like, uh, "Next question. Um, boring bonehead questions are <laughs> not cool." That's literally what he said, and that's literally how he said it. Someone was asking him a question that his stockholders needed to know, but to base their livelihood on and based on their investment in tesla and his his response was boring bonehead questions are not cool and then he got into this spat with warren buffett which warren buffett is i mean <laughs> he's one of the he's one of the nicest like billionaires in the world like he's just a super super like humble guy his personality he's just a very down-to-earth person like personally doesn't say anything bad about anybody and he just starts attacking warren buffett's investment strategy and saying it's like Oh, you know, there's this idea of an economic moat, which is the idea that a company has uh, protection against competition. And that's Warren Buffett based some of his investments on. You invest in a company that has a big, has a wide economic moat, meaning that they don't have a lot of competition, which means it's a safer bet. You're not likely to lose all of the money that you've worked real hard on and invested in. And Elon Musk attacked this idea. like, that's boring. Uh, you know, it's boring. Economic moats are boring. And like, just like attacked attacked his investment style and said all these things. And Elon Musk, like, or not Elon Musk, but Warren Buffett, just came back and says, like, well, you know, he was just like, well, you know, Elon might change, turn some things on its head in different ways, and he's a smart guy, but I don't think he'd want to compete compete with us in the candy business. <laughs> and Elon Musk came back and tweeted. I'm starting a candy company. No, seriously, I'm going to start a candy company and beat you. That's <laughs> what, how. What is Warren Buffett's? What is his? Does he have he, a candy company? No, well, he owned he owned Berkshire Hathaway, which is an investment firm that uh-huh. is invested in all kinds of shit. Yeah, um, he's just he just he knows a lot about banks and he knows a lot about investing and he has a company that is like a huge company that's very successful. He's one of the best investors of all time and just picking picking stocks and his method is. His method is you you pick a company that's so good that you buy it and you hold it forever. He says our favorite holding position is forever. You just pick a good company and you hold it. Because does he ever does he ever bet on shorts? Like like there's like there's something to fail. Um, no, he does not do that. I, th- I, don't, I don't think he ever does that. That's kind of I don't know. I've seen some documentaries about those type of dudes and, and put options and there's a lot of I mean. There's a whole movie about it. Have you ever seen um, The Big Short? I have not actually seen it, no. It's very good, and it, and it does a pretty good job of explaining how the whole thing works. Because what they'll do is they'll have um, they'll be talking about stocks, and like to get you to actually pay attention to this part, here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub. And I'll have Margot Robbie sitting in a bathtub with champagne and explain the thing, and then she goes, okay, fuck off then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And- it's by Adam McKay, he, uh, the com- comedy director. But uh- – 
but so Elon, he's just this cult. He has this cult following because he, he's doing the electric car thing, and he's got the SpaceX thing, and he gets five hundred billion dollars worth of taxpayer money to prop up his his shitty rocket business because he's obsessed with rockets and and sports cars, <laughs> rockets and sports the cars, thing, the rockets the, and sports cars, the battery thing that. Goes on the side of your house. That's that actually the Tesla battery is pretty cool, but at the end of the day, that's a fucking lithium powered battery. Battery, which is like a really toxic, terrible. Yeah, African kids thing. are digging that out of the ground. Yeah, for it's like it's like maybe it's better marginally, but it's still it's not that great. It's not such a great solution. Um, but he's just he he just strikes me as just a petulant child. He's just a billionaire child who is very smart, who has a lot of skills and stuff. He's got but, some good ideas and some yeah, bad. But he's also just like getting like praised in a way that I think is not commensurate with his actual merits. And I think that he he just he's just a dick. But he's getting praised as being like um you know, like he's some kind of demagogue, some kind of god or something. He's really just he's really just a petulant child who who likes to virtue signal really, really hard with his billions of dollars that he doesn't actually invest. He has other investors invest in his company. And I don't know. It's just, I just don't really respect the guy that as much as he gets credit for, um, just based on his behavior, not based on anything personal about his, about the way he acts or anything. It's just his behavior is, um, I just, I just think he's kind of a douchebag. I can see that. I mean, launching his car into space. Yeah. Well, my response to that, he, he, so he launched such a waste, took a Tesla car. So he missed, he, he, the same time that he didn't, his fucking company, all the Fords are being, are being cranked out. All the Toyota is being cranked out. There's no problem with them producing the amount of cars that are in demand for those companies. And he can't even produce the 30,000 cars or whatever that were ordered and then jacked the price up over by over a hundred, over 50% said, Oh, it was going to be, 40,000 or whatever it was and now it's going to be 70,000. What business do you if you order a fucking suit from someone and you say, "Oh yeah, it's going to be a $200 suit. This is how much it's going to cost." and you enter into a contract and then they're like, "Oh, well we couldn't finish making it, so actually it's going to be $300." What business, what other business can get away with doing that? But Elon Musk instead of being criticized for it, he's He's like, well, he's been working really hard and he's really stressed out and he's doing a good thing. So we just need to just keep. <laughs> That's the that the attitude towards him is that. So he's like this cult leader. Are you calling Elon Musk out for a little bit of a fight here? You want to fight Elon Musk? I think I would whoop his ass. I think you might whoop it. I don't I know. think I would absolutely. I don't know ass. what he does. I would farm strength him. <laughs> I would straight up fucking hay baling. <laughs> I could pick him up and throw him up in the loft. You throw him out, uh, throw him, throw him around like uh, Uncle Phil used to throw around DJ Jazzy Jeff on the Fresh Prince. I'd fucking castrate him like I would. Oh, now we're getting poisonous. Just fucking cut those balls out. Mm, make him squeal like a pig. I don't know how he's gonna squeal. I don't know him that well. <laughs> he's definitely gonna squeal. There's gonna be noise. <laughs> that's with that. Okay, that's my umbrage taker. You can. No, oh, we with, haven't done the umbrage taker we can, yet. We can tie oh. this into umbrage taker. Let me let me pull my umbr. I take umbrage with Elon Musk. <laughs> I, mean, I got to pull up the song, man. There it is. But it's like um. Bridge taker. Ooh. Ooh. 
I'll do I'll do I'll do uh, my impression of Chuck Zumbertaker. Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> I fucking hate him. I can't stand him. He's so stupid. I hate him. He has I hate him. He has no compassion. No compassion. He's a racist. He's he's, ra- he's racist. He's racist against he's Native not Americans. Smart. He's racist against Hispanics. <laughs> he's racist against black. He's people. racist against Native Americans. <laughs> he's racist against Native Americans. That's, that's the one I really care about. He's racist. <laughs> super racist against Native Americans. I hate him. I just hate him. I've always hated him. First time I saw him, uh. I said, "I hate that guy." hate him <laughs> we could build a bridge with hate i could complete it by myself <laughs> a wall could, could you build a wall with the hate around donald trump <laughs> i hate him i hate him his hair's stupid his face is stupid his kids are retarded <laughs> so elon musk yeah so he so he took a car so he missed the orders for these cars. It was not even that many of them. That, that is his main thing, is to make these cars and deliver them to his customers. Which, uh, why, uh, who agreed to pay a, a good amount of money for this vehicle in good faith that he's going to produce them. So they're planning their livelihoods based on, I'm going to get this car. I'm going to spend he, he falls short on, on making them the car. Pushes back the date because he's trying to use robots and shit to build the cars instead of using human beings like a normal fucking auto manufacturer would, um, and failing at it. And then they have, and then the cars come out. They've got all these problems. They've got all these recalls. They don't work right. And he charged fifty percent more for them than what he said he was really originally going to charge. And then when a when, then when a financial analyst asks you what's going on with your company or how are your earnings going to go, he You're says, a "Dick about it." Boring boonhead questions are not cool. That's Elon Musk in a nutshell. And then he launches one of those cars that could have gone to one of his customers <laughs> that didn't get a car into outer space, into fucking outer space. He uses one of his rockets funded by taxpayer money to launch one of his cars that didn't go to one of his customers that should have gotten a car into outer space. Space with a dummy in it, so he's basically just littering into outer space. <laughs> it's, just a, it's a big ball of litter in outer space that's going to crash into a meteor or Mars or something and fuck some shit up. And uh, my response to that on, on social media was, um, you know, I, I pushed a 1981 Buick into into the ocean with a GI Joe strapped to the front seat, <laughs> and nobody praised me for that. <laughs> It didn't help my business at all. <laughs> Nobody gave a fuck. But he gets it's like fucking headlines. It's like hands across America for this total fucking piece of shit. <laughs> oh, God damn. That's some good umbrage. Yeah. That is some tasty umbrage. I don't like Elon Musk. <laughs> I like... I like, he's racist. I like. He's it. sexist. I, he's, he's racist against Native Americans. <laughs> 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 I take him. He probably plays golf. Oh God damn it! He's rich. That's what most. He of was it is. born rich. I don't, I don't know if he was. He probably was. but oh, he made no, he made he a lot of money from. Uh, he invented. Uh, he came up with the idea for PayPal. Oh, he was a PayPal guy. Yeah, I didn't know that. But I mean, you can still be born rich. He's from no, South Africa. No, for he, fuck's sake. he definitely inherited billions. I'm pretty sure he inherited billions. My umbrage goes to, as always, people that do not push their shopping carts to the buggy barn or the cart corral, whatever you want to call it. I always hate that. I will continue to hate that for my entire life. If he once s- he once knocked a man's teeth out for I, it. I once at the Kroger parking lot physically assaulted 
a 96-year-old woman for not pushing her cart to the cart current. Put her in the tie clinch and just no, knees. No, just Muay Thai knees. knees. Oh, my God. Dirty knees. Oh, my God. It was disgusting. It was then brutal. I, then I, I kept the clinch on the back of her neck and just threw that dirty boxing uppercut. Would have knocked her teeth out. Oh, my God. Like, like, uh, just dentures. like Tim Bosch against yeah. uh, that uh, Japanese guy. I can't remember his name. Yum Yum Kim. Just throwing that uppercut. Just hitting her right in the jowl. Dirty. Right in the jaw. Hitting her, hitting her with that one hit or quit her son. She didn't know what was going on. But I kept I held, I held the back of her hair so she wouldn't fall. I just fucked her up. <clears throat> Spent nine years in jail. I know not to do that anymore. You know what I like doing to the old ladies? They're real. They're, Fucking them. Uh, they're real easy to take down. Oh, yeah. They have no takedown defense. So you just do a single leg. You go straight into half guard, right? I prefer a double leg, but I see what you're doing. You grab the, you grab the left leg, so you go straight into half guard, and then you're in a position to just start cranking, just gr- doing some oh, work with those yeah. elbows. All them Tito Ortiz elbows. Just like, yeah. Because oh. you, you pin down the right arm, and she's like all trying to block with the left arm with her purse. Just hit it with old Tito Ortiz and elbows. Just, just cracking them dentures. Mm. That's what I'm talking. I love beating the shit out of old people, man. And that's why we're here today. We love beating the shit out of old people. We are anti-pedophilia, but anti-Elon Musk, but anti-Trump, but anti-Obama, but anti-Clinton, but anti-Bush, but anti-Nixon, but <laughs> pro beating the shit out of old people. Fuck yeah! <laughs> but sometimes you got to watch them because they're old man strength. Those oh dudes, yeah, if they're cr- if they're under seventy five, you got to watch them. Yeah, gotta you gotta watch them, Dutchie. And if they got if they got uh, dirty boots on, you know they work. You know they work hard. Yeah, if they're if they're like wearing a, you know, you can tell that he's like under that under that old man, flat, fat, and blubber. He was once a chiseled man. And- well, one time, I, one time I accosted a man who uh, I didn't take a look at his boots beforehand, and he was wearing a, a pearly, snappy button shirt, and he had his sleeves rolled up. He couldn't have been younger than sixty eight. He was about six foot four, probably weighed 127 pounds. Been in a few fights. But I'll be a son of a bitch if he wasn't the strongest person I'd ever seen. He picked me up. He <laughs> hip tossed me. He judo hip tossed me like Ronda freaking Rousey and put me in an arm bar. And the, I tapped out. And the, that's when I noticed the cow shit on his boots. I said, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. And, you know, I'll take this L and I'll learn from it. I'll take this loss and I'll go back to the drawing board. I'll learn from it. Next time I'm in the Kroger parking lot, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna emerge victorious. You old people, you watch out, motherfuckers, because I'm coming for you. Well, that's, part of it is the, the pose, too, right? So, like, when I pull up in my, in, my, in my 2010 Toyota Tacoma with grass growing out of the truck bed, <laughs> it's like, I park the truck. I don't fucking lock it. You know why? You know why I don't fucking lock my truck? Tell me why. Because there's pig feet in the back. <laughs> People don't steal shit and a hammer. People don't steal shit. When they see when they see that pig feet, they're like, oh, well, I was going to jack that phone but and that stereo, mm. but that guy looks like he's he, a pig farmer. Yeah. He probably has to wrangle pigs a lot. I don't want pigs to be strong. fed to a pig, <laughs> dead or alive. And I don't want that, you know, I don't want him coming out and, and farm strength. How me. much is it those pigs can process per hour? A 150-pound man they can get rid of in... No less than two hours. It's, it's difficult to quantify. They 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 have very elastic and digestive you, systems. It also depends on how how many pigs you have. And how you got a hundred pigs. I mean, how big the pig is. Yeah, yeah. and you got some hosses. Because yeah, they're not. I don't have the biggest. You breeds. got some Brock Lesnar's. Yeah, I got a I got an eight hundred pound pig. You don't got Ngano's, but You got Brock Lesnar's. Well, uh, yeah, you got some pretty big ones. But um, <laughs> the yeah the what was I, where was I going to go with that? I don't know. We were doing a great comedy bit here. <laughs> we were we rehearsed this so well. We were, we were talking about we were talking about fighting old people. Yeah, 
And then um, just hit them with that one hitter quitter in the Muay Thai clinch. Mm-hmm. Just, it's beautiful. It's family. Everybody. We were talking it. about the, we were talking about the old dudes. That you got to watch when you, you got to watch them. Yeah, you got to watch, especially if they got mud on their boots. You, you, they might go around just kicking piles of shit for fun. Yeah, you don't. You know? you know, certain certain people, you, you you never know what you're going to step up against. I mean, when you I mean, go pick when you pick a fight with somebody in the Kroger parking lot, it's not like we're watching tape on these guys. No, we don't get to study their no. tendencies. We're, I mean, it's it's like a cold call and telemarketing. We're just going right in, and you didn't push your cart back to the barn. It's time for some hands, son. It's time to go. It's time to get this work. We're going to work right now. I've got my, I got my dinner bucket, and I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> my dinner bucket. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I think we can quit now. I think it's pretty good for an episode. What do you think? It's pretty, yeah, it's, it's good. And we, we filled out the time without Chuck running his mouth about how much he hates Trump and how much he loves Native Americans and how he reads. He hates dolphins, though. Hates I will, dolphins. I will say that. I mean, I haven't let him get into that on the show because there's such a strong pro-dolphin contingent. Yeah, it wouldn't be correct to our listeners to, to let him take umbrage with the dolphins the way that he would like to. He hates, I mean... If stupid bottlenose motherfuckers. Speciesist, I guess, is what it's called. It's like, oh, we have sex for fun. Mm, we rape sometimes. We're neat. Mm. Oh, that, that rape. Okay, I, that's one last thing. That, that reminded me. So... The only time that I've ever been sexually, like, des- genuinely desired to be sexually active with another male <laughs> is is a totally testosterone macho driven, <laughs> like, just a desire to like it, it when when you don't just want to fight someone and beat them up, it's it's beyond that. You want to do that and then more. It's like I I I want I'm going to fuck you up the ass. <laughs> like I'm so I'm so angry. Not only do I want to dominate you in a fight and put you, you know. And, just full mount and, ground and pound. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not just, even try, not even going for a. Finish. I'm not just going to put you in the rear naked. I'm going to put you in the rear naked just long enough so I can pull your shirt up, pull your britches down, <laughs> and tear the crotch out of your undies so I can fuck you up the ass. I can literally <laughs> rape you against your will in the most humiliating fashion, and it's going to be like five pumps, and then I'm done. Uh, but shoot that baby batter all over that butt. You're not going to have any blood on your face. You're not going to have any bruises on your body. Just blood from your butthole because. <laughs> I hate you so much, <laughs> you songwriting stealing motherfucker, <laughs> that I'm gonna fuck you up the ass. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> not in a gay way, though. No, it's only gay if you not, make not gay. contact. No, not, no, it's only gay if you're not doing it out of anger. What did this person do that made you so angry? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Do you want to say who this person you ever, was? You ever, get, you ever just get so angry that you don't remember why yes. you were even angry? <laughs> mostly, that, mostly at women. That's the kind of anger I'm talking about. See, but I've never wanted to rape a woman because- That's true. I've never wanted but to. But the dude, I have a desire, you know, there's a macho thing where I have the desire, so such a strong desire to dominate this guy that I'm willing to go gay <laughs> for five minutes to fuck him up the ass. <laughs> and that's the truth. God damn it. Guys, that's, you know, me and John, we've known each other a long time. And um, that's about the most honest John Morgan has ever been about anything in his entire life. <laughs> I'm anyway. always honest. I mean, that was that was that was more of a nine or ten. Honestly. That was eleven. You cranked it all the way up to eleven. 
<laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're gonna go out to this song right here. We thank you for listening. Um, if we decide to have Chuck back, he'll be back next week. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, God damn it! Here's the Arcade Fire. Or no, I'm sorry, Arcade Fire with Creature Comfort. Snap into it, faggots.